Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Zero two six nine. Last time, seven one four two nine four zero two six nine. To ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. So I'm here with Mayumi, and you own a company that provides uh, opportunities to mompreneurs that want to start their own business in uh, accounting. Um, so, uh, it's very interesting. I think, uh, you know, I looked at, you did some research on you and I think definitely what you're doing is, uh, there's social purpose imbued in what you're, you're doing on a daily basis, which is awesome. Um, I love companies that have, you know, a social purpose. Um, and, uh, so tell me about how you started, you know, uh, this company and were you initially an accountant yourself? Yes. Um, so I went down the traditional track originally, um, got an A in my accounting 101 class. So I decided I should be an accountant because I had student loans and I thought, how much does an accountant make? <laughs> <laughs> That's about as much thought that went into me becoming actually a licensed CPA. So um, my company is called CPA Mom. So the CPA is Certified Public Accountant. Yeah. Um, and so I went to work for Pricewaterhouse and one of the big, now big four, I think. And then I went into industry. Wow. And then I actually became an entrepreneur 20 years ago this year. And when I first wow. became an entrepreneur, <clears throat> I took one of those leaps of faith uh, to become an entrepreneur. And I thought I had left my accounting behind me. So it's interesting when you ask me, how did you start this? It was, I was a reluctant um, founder because when I took that leap of faith 20 years ago, I did so by um, making a promise. Uh, I, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't have meaning and I wanted my life to matter. And I said, all right, I'm going to take this leap. I'm going to have my life be in service from now on. Um, uh, and so every business I've started, so CPA Moms is my third business in 20 years. Every business has been a calling. So I got a tap on the shoulder and I was told to do this. And I did so reluctantly because I'm like, I'm not an accountant anymore. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was an interesting, what I call perfect swarm. Um, you know, I, I pay attention to what's going on. And back in my Pricewaterhouse days, I watched these incredibly talented women um, go on maternity leave and never come back. And the sort of one-way revolving door. And, um, you know, the company I had prior to CPA Moms, uh, I had a, a coaching company where I was helping people transform their money mindset. And I was working with uh, people who were mostly women entrepreneurs. And I was asked to help, you know, go to coffee, have a coffee with a woman who had been a stay-at-home mom for eight, nine years. And what would it look like for her to uh, re-enter the workforce? And what I re realized and recognized is she just had a confidence problem. And so she was actually the first person I gave clients to. And I just said, wow, what would it be like if I could solve a problem for entrepreneurs, which is they're either getting incompetent bookkeepers or... Yeah the people they really need to hire are too expensive in their, in their mind. Um, so how do I make something more affordable, but more technically accurate? Um, and so I was trying to solve the problem for the entrepreneur. 
And I saw this opportunity to say, well, what about all these extremely talented professionals that really need this flexibility and are willing to work for rates that are affordable to an entrepreneur because they don't need those high salaries anymore? Hmm. And could I put them together in such a way where everyone wins? That's perfect. And that's what happened. That's awesome. And so how many um, uh, mompreneurs do you work with right now? Um, it keeps ebbing and flowing. And the reason for that is because I'm constantly innovating. So I've torn my business apart three times and four times and have rebuilt it. And each time I'm almost starting over. So I actually sold off my book of business in 2015 um, to wow. three of the CPA moms that I had at the time and kept the brand and kept all the technology I'd built and the, you know, all of that to kind of figure out what do I want to do next? So I'm actually in the process right now, as we speak of franchising CPA moms for the first time in its 12 year history. And so we're sort of, you know, we're not able to sell any franchises until we've completed the regulatory process. So we're in essence, almost starting over again for the fourth time in 12 years. But, um, you know, we've helped over 50 plus accountants in the last 12 years, you know, put millions of dollars in their pocket and help and empower, you know, hundreds of um, entrepreneurs that have been able to leverage their talent expertise and really their, I would say, their attention. You know, we're in an industry where, um, you know, you might have 200 clients per CPA for, for, you know, a typical firm. And our model is much more personalized care where, you know, there might be 15 clients per CPA. Um, so it's a lot more hands-on, a lot more attention, a lot more education. Um, so yeah, so, you know, we're kind of starting over again, but we've got a, an active group, um, you know, thousands of people that are in our network and in our community. Uh, but we work with just a very small handful. So we're actually only going to probably work with about 10 franchisees this year. So we're going to keep it small and build. So our goal is to, to help build um, 500 mompreneur practices in the next five years. Wow. That's amazing. That's a, it seems like it's a huge need actually, because obviously the, the moms, they, they need, they need extra income potentially. And then the entrepreneurs, they don't want to pay these exorbitant fees that like are normally paid. Like it's some, some of these fees are just like skyrocketing. And, and so that's awesome. And so a lot of these, you know, and and going back to Price Waterhouse Cooper and like Ernst and Young, and they seem to have a bad rap for creating a great li- lifestyle for their employees. Uh, <laughs> it, no I mean, I haven't been there in more than twenty years, right? But I don't think that the accounting industry in general has still still well, most industries, but I still don't think that companies understand the needs of working professional parents. And I'll include fathers in this as well, right? So I would say that the culture in our country is, you know, trying to solve the problem the wrong way, in my opinion. Um, I'm a social innovator, so I'm always going to look for ways to innovate something that's been around for a while. So in my world, I look at industries that have been doing things for hundreds of years, and this is the way it's always been. And I'm like, how do we disrupt that? How do we transform this? And so in this particular industry, the main thing that I'm seeing is that the, the, the big conversation is work-life balance. Um, you know, you're not a parent yet, right? Your work, your- uh, I have, I'm expecting in April, actually. 
Congratulations. Yay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So then soon you will soon discover and so will your wife. <laughs> um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get any sleep. I'm sure there is no balance. There, it's, it's a, it, there yeah. is no such thing as balance. balance by design. You would think is equal, right. equal amount of this versus that. And there's no such thing. There's, there is the ability, however, to have a career and a family. And what frustrates, what's frustrated me and what had me create this is I actually believe that it's possible to create a model where you can demonstrate that if you design it this way from the beginning, it's very difficult to, to transform an existing enterprise that's been doing it a particular way. But when you design it from the beginning to be one where you can have a career and a family where it has been empowered uh, for mompreneurs to have that, um, have both, then they'll discover their perfect dance, whatever that looks like. And we just, the word balance doesn't exist. We, you know, we eradicated that from the beginning. It's all about flexibility. And um, so, yeah, that's, <laughs> you'll see soon. <laughs> that's great. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't want to be the person that's neglecting everybody in your life. You don't want to be that, that guy, like, or that girl, because if, if you're, if you're that person, like, what are you going to do? Like at the end of the day, you know, we all perish. Right. Um, like, and, and really what makes most people happy is their families. It's not like the outside accolades and stuff like that. So, so it's like, you know, you don't want to be the, the guy that's, you know, in the grave that has all his money with him or, or her, you know, that has all her money with her, you know? And I think like, I think women are better at doing this than men. Um, like going, Hey, you know, I need to take a step back and, and, and you breathe for a bit, you know, and especially cause men don't like to talk about this stuff either. They don't like to talk about, you know, things that they're struggling with. They don't like to mention those things. And so they just continue pushing on. And, uh, and yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I can't speak from the male's perspective, but I can yeah. say that as a human being, and I think we all share some of the same struggles internally. Mm -hmm. um, I agree 100% with everything you said about, you know, you can't take your money with you, um, right? So, you know, I used to say, I used to joke all the time. It's like, okay, so you've made all this money. Why? What are you going to do? Throw it on your bed and roll around in it? And then what are you going to do? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What next? Right. So it really does matter to me that people organize their life and themselves around first their personal why, their purpose, their reason for existing. And until you can really know that about yourself, build enough self-awareness of who you really are and why you're actually here, the rest of it becomes um, a series of doings. And we're human beings. We're not human doings. Sure. And I think there's a tremendous amount of um, a lack of fulfillment. And people just putting their head down and driving and driving and driving at the expense of themselves, their well-being, their families. And it takes this major life event to wake people up, to say, I'm done with this. I need to make a better choice. I need to reprioritize. And whether that's a financial crisis, a health crisis, a relationship crisis, you know, usually it takes something major to, to you know, kind of get our attention, kind of the cosmic two by four that has people stop and reevaluate, what am I doing this for anyways? Like, what is the whole point? And that was when I said, you know, 20 years ago, I took that leap of faith. That was my cosmic two by four. Now, fortunately, I did that by choice, but I had gotten to a point where I really honestly felt like if I didn't choose to take a different path in my life where I really, it was purpose first and profit second, um, if I did not do that, well, really it was both, 
It has to be purpose and profit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an and girl, if you haven't noticed yet. Career, yeah, not an or. Yeah. Purpose and profit. I don't, yeah. I've got two prom dresses for my, my for one prom. I, I want to <laughs> know how can I have it all? <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I feel like if we haven't sorted that part out, it's very difficult to make choices in life and in business that are consistent with something that's going to leave us fulfilled. That people who walk around with that feeling of emptiness are the ones who generally keep driving, 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 driving because they're trying to fill a hole. I know this because I filled it with retail therapy back in the day, thinking, oh, if I just bought more stuff and then I'd feel better. And mm-hmm. it never, I never felt better. And the minute I got purposeful, uh, the need to shop disappeared. Hmm. You know, and so it like I'm filled up by the difference that I make every day in every single thing that I do. Every business I've done has been a social adventure. Have you seen like uh, mompreneurs that maybe they were they were working in a career potentially uh, that wasn't really giving them that fulfillment and that purpose? And then all of a sudden they found their purpose. You walked them through that. And then all of a sudden they just exploded in in in, in success and and just um, happiness and energize and they were energized and all that. Can you, can you tell me about a story where that was the case? Yeah, I, I would say that it's less, um, common in the, so how do I say this? So I do a lot. I I have, I use it. I use tools a lot. I love tools, anything that can help us, uh, broaden our own awareness and sense of self. And one of the tools that I use is created by one of my mentors who really is, um, he's really committed to helping people understand what our natural gifts and talents are. Right. And to help us align our lives to that which we're naturally gifted at. And in school, we're taught, oh, work on the C. Work on the things you're not good at. That's right. what we're trained to do. But his philosophy is completely different. And my philosophy is, is completely different. It's what are you great at? What is, what are the things that you were born to do that are uniquely yours to do on the planet? Mm -hmm. And how can you do more of that and outsource the rest of it? And so I think where I have the greatest impact in the CPA mompreneur world, um, in terms of alignment, isn't as much the purpose because a lot of these women are really happy and fulfilled being accountants. Right. So there isn't this sort of life shift where they're like, oh, I really actually wanted to be a florist. And, you know, <laughs> that happened more in my coaching days when I was really working with entrepreneurs that weren't as clear about who, what they wanted to do yeah. in their lives. Right. But with the accountants, they, they tend to be more certain around the career choice and the career path that they have. And their bigger pains are, how do I do that and not disappear? Because there's no time left for me, you know, it's the career, it's the family and I'm working and working and working and, you know, in, in order to have it, I, something, I have to sacrifice something. So where I, where I've had probably the greatest impact inside of that audience is this idea of you actually don't need to do, the, first of all, discover who you are, discover where you want to go and design your life in such a way that you ultimately have everything that you would want by design in alignment with that, which you're most naturally gifted at. Mm. So what does that mean? That means, um, I before, so in the industry, the accounting industry, they have this term called value billing basically means that clients are not charged by hour. It's, you know, and, and that was a concept 10 years ago when we, when we were first adopting and there was no term for it. 
but we were doing it because I just couldn't stand the idea of nickel and diming and being in conversations with clients about how much my time, how much time it took to do something. At the end of the day, the client just wanted to know it was done and done accurately and done on time. So do they really care how long it took me to do? No. So we agreed mm -hmm. on a price and a deliverable and a timeline and that was it. So that was a design decision that I made because I personally didn't want to sit there and spend half my time tracking time. I hated tracking time and all this stuff. I just wanted to provide the service. So that simple, simple thing is like, look, you have permission to design your business to suit you. And so many people, doesn't matter what business they're in, they're constantly trying to make their lives fit into their business. Oh, well, this is how everyone does it in the industry. Okay. Well, does that make you happy? Are you fulfilled? Yeah. So I'm all about design it the way it fits your life. So your business has to fit into your life. You don't have to fit into your business and then design it the way you want. And then, and then hold to that. And the clients that you are there to serve will be either naturally attracted to you or won't. And it's very, very simple and you grow very naturally. And once you start to honor who you truly are and because you're clear about who you are and who you're not, who you, who you're able to serve best and who you're not, then everything starts to flow more effortlessly and then naturally people will grow faster, easier with more effortlessness and ease. I'm, I'm not the hustle girl. I'm not trying to work harder. I'm not trying to work <laughs> more. Yeah, yeah. I want less work, more ease, more flow. I want to outsource everything I don't want to do. And I just want to do the parts that I'm gifted at. And so that's my motto and that's the way people grow and the fulfillment increases exponentially because they're actually in true alignment and in sync with themselves, not trying to be somebody that they're not. Yeah. And you tend to not only be happier, but also make more money too, because your, your business is growing. <laughs> so, Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, so what, are, what are your strengths? What are your core strengths that you focus on? What's your like blissful state that where you just focus on this one particular trait? Yeah, my blissful state is um, not something you would expect from an accountant. Um, so I am, as I said, I'm a social innovator. So my blissful state is in innovation, in new ideas, in I love that. the creation of something. I am somebody, give me a blank piece of paper, give me a problem to solve, and I, my brain looks, works like the matrix. You know how you have all the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, my husband says, oh, the matrix, or she calls me the <laughs> oracle from time to time. Um, you know, I really can see solutions in my mind to things that people have had 20 struggled with for 20 years. I can see the whole picture. I'm a visionary. I'm somebody who literally can solve the unsolvable. I'm, you know, I, I am masterful at, at architecting systems and business models and revenue models and, and leveraging that to scale as opposed to effort and more advertising dollars and things like that. For me, it's, it, I take a, a more strategic approach, but I'm an innovator. I like to take things that, that have been a particular way and transform it. Mm, I love it. That's why you're doing what you're doing, right? That's why I do one of the things. So CPA moms is one of my ventures. It's actually not the only thing I do. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about the, okay. So I, I want to talk about all the other ventures. Okay. I also want to talk about a few things where, or a few times where it was really uh, stressful and hard for you because everybody <laughs> hears these rosy stories. They look on, they go to Instagram and they're like, wow, that person's life is just amazing. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and it's not always the case. So 
let's talk about your other businesses first and then we'll go into all right well first of all it's never the case so we'll start with that it (laughs) is never the case and you don't have enough time on this podcast for me to tell you all the things (laughs) that have gone wrong but i'll pick a couple for you later um so what am i doing next so uh, as i mentioned i took that leap and i said i will um, be in service i'll answer the call if you ask me if you tap me on the shoulder my answer is yes um, and that agreement and uh, has worked out for me the last 20 years. So about four years ago, I got a tap on the shoulder um, again. And it was one, you know, I, I always know it's not my idea. When the next thought afterwards is, you want me to do what? <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to do that exactly? <laughs> so the tap was um, create San Diego to be the global hub of consciousness. Okay. And I went, uh, Okay. And the piece, the other piece was um, create communities that meet in person. Now, I'm deep into CPA moms at this point. I have only ever created virtual businesses at this time. So that meant all my communities were virtual. I did not do any live communities and events and things like that. Um, And so the message was very clear that it was supposed to be in person community building and that San Diego was that I was going to lead this movement to create consciousness on a global level and San Diego was going to be a hub of this which is where I live and so um I had no idea where to start (laughs) and it was a bit of a distraction so I took a couple steps and you know got a little ideas but I kind of parked it and last quarter on the end of 2019 I got a very clear okay this is what you're going to do next And given that I'm in the process of franchising CPA moms and putting, and I I did the part that you asked me what I'm really great at. I'm the starter girl. I'm the one who takes the idea and makes it a reality. But there's a certain point where I've kind of proved the model and I've done most of what needs to happen. And then I actually become, I actually start to hurt the company the longer I stay. Because then I'm gonna mess with it. It's like, oh, this works. And what it needs is momentum and somebody who's gonna monetize, and I'm gonna be in there messing with it and tweaking with it, and yeah. you know, and, and so it's really best for me to find my successor at this point, and to just stay in the visionary role and stay out of the day-to-day operation. So I wanna fill my time with something that is next, and so the timing is perfect. So we actually um, started creating a community called the Global Coalition of Conscious Contributors. We call it GC3. and the core mission is to um, create a movement of raising consciousness and awareness, um, help people awaken, and really look for collaborations inside of win-win-win outcomes, um, and really living life and doing life differently. And that is across all sectors. That's in the entrepreneurial domain where we're really looking at, you know aligning with things like B Corps and, and conscious capitalism and these principles of doing profit and purpose and not just about the bottom line um, in all sectors, education, finance, wellness, politics, you name it. And I think there's a perfect opportunity now because the world is transitioning um, away from the information age, which we've been in now for some time. And we're moving into a new age, which um, they're going to be some global leader, leaders have been getting together now for some time. And they're going to be announcing, I believe, at the Olympics in Japan, because uh, I think this was spearheaded by the, some, some leaders in Japan, this whole movement, which will move us from the information age to this new sort of um, 
I believe they're calling it, um, oh, the name just went out of my brain. I'll think of it. But it's, it's this whole idea of, you know, where we were very high tech, low touch in the information age. Mm -hmm. um, now we're moving to high tech, high touch, where people are in, getting more um, purposeful, uh, less about the influencer world. Um, I'd heard one of your other podcasts where you're talking about influencers and you know, there's this idea of being influencer, but I think we're moving from influencer to impactor. Those who have the, yes, they're using their influence for, yeah. for, for so, social good. So let me read between the lines here. Okay. Yes. So, so, yes. so, okay. So influencers, so, so there's a lot of influencers out there that they, which, cause I've talked about influencers on many podcasts uh, oh, probably, I don't know, some random one I listened to. Oh, okay. Okay. So was it like a positive, uh, you know, talk about influencers or was it like kind of like the negative side of influencers? Uh, there was a, influencer? there was a d discussion about something that wasn't, that was missing in that whole world, but I, it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what I find is like, yeah, like being an influencer, um, is not necessarily having a business, but it does, it's like, it's a tool that you use to have a business. It's not really like a, you know, it's not really the business, you know? And I feel like people are treating influencing like the business because right. they're making money. And, but the thing is like, you know, when, when companies don't want to pay your brand or your sponsorships or brand packages, you have to have business experience. You have to know how to overcome that. And so a lot of influencers, while yes, it's a great tool. And I believe in brand and creating a strong brand a hundred percent, like a hundred percent. But like what happens is you, you get all these followers and you rely too much on likes and comments. And it's it like, it, 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 it's like almost like your life. And so like some of the like influencers who've made it big, like in, in the sense of like being an influencer, I've, I've met quite a few of them and some of them are just like really hollow, just like, um, you know, forgive me for saying that, but it's just like, oh man, I just don't, I, you know, you're, you're way different than how you seem on social media and things like that. So, you know, it's great to have that, but don't look up to that necessarily because I mean, while they may be making good money because they've built brands doesn't mean that they have it figured out. And it's not always like, uh, you know, I've just met a lot of weird influencers. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I've, met, I've met a few along the way and um, you know, at the end of the day, when I hear the word influence, it means you're, you have, um, you've, you have people who trust you. Yes. You've built trust mm -hmm. and whatever way or method you have, um, earned the trust of your audience. My question, my, my challenge really is for what purpose, for what good? And I have met, um, I met somebody, I've got a friend who owns a virtual reality um, uh, uh, studio. And he was talking about how there are some very well-known, and I don't remember their names, folks that are gamers, and they have millions of followers um, that watch them play video games, or, or you know, <laughs> however that world works. Yeah. And, um, and they used their influence to put out a request and said, I would like everybody who's watching us to donate five cents, a dollar, a quarter to charity. And they raised millions of dollars in moments. Yeah. And I thought, wow, now that's real influence. That is, you've earned the trust of this group. 
and you are using that trust for true positive impact. Um, I love that. And, and so I think that anyone who is in that world really looking to deal with what is a certainty in the shift of what's happening. I mean, they, what's interesting is when you've been around as long as I have, you've gone through lots of different cycles and somebody who may have been an influencer and has only ever been at the top of their game, they haven't yet gone to what yeah, you're asking that, for the valley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, happen. you know, it when you meet them, you know, it when you meet them, you know, that the guys that have just had an upward directory and they yes. haven't had like the Valley, yes. like, you know, where they had to overcome some certain, like a life circumstance or something that was just extremely tough. That's you right. know it when you see it and That's it. 100%. it's really sometimes annoying, but it's, it, it is what it is. You well, know? it's everyone's journey. I was at some point there too. And then got, I got my first humbling experience and it is a humbling experience to go into that valley for the first time. And then after the first time, it was kind of like, oh, this is how it works. This is the process. You're always gonna go through these peaks and valleys. And if you can expect it and predict it, then it's not as painful. Um, yeah, I, so, you know, for me, I would say, uh, and I remember the name, Society 5.0. So if anyone mm. wants to follow it, Society 5.0 is really taking this massive, and it is a massive shift that's happening, where people are looking for real value, not content, not, you know, the illusion of, of greatness, but true impact and true value. And those who are able to provide it will prevail. Um, and, and the reality is we're going to be moving more towards the, the integration of technology and service. And um, so high tech, high touch. So, so to the Valley question that you asked me. Mm -hmm. Um... So ask the question again, like what specifically about it are you looking for? Just what happened or what did I do to overcome uh, it? Um, yeah, could... I mean, depending on how much you're willing to share, but. Uh, oh, I'm very transparent. Okay, good, good. Um, so yeah, what was, what, what was the time that it was the most difficult for you where you thought about quitting? Um, everybody's, everybody's <laughs> I'm thought about laughing because I joke because at certain points of my business, it was like in every week, I was like, I quit my poor <laughs> He stopped listening because in the beginning he was like, oh, she's serious. And then like the next day I was like, okay, I'm going on. He's like, I thought you quit. I was like, oh no, I was just, you know, that was yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so there's moments where it's really hard. I mean, like really hard and you want to quit like every day. Um, and wanting to quit and actually quitting are two different things, by the way. And I, I have an inner three-year-old. We all do. I just mm -hmm. happen to acknowledge that I have an inner three-year-old. And sometimes I get to a place where if I don't give myself the ability to choose to do what I'm doing, then my inner three-year-old is going to throw a tantrum and it is not going to go well. So I have to allow myself the option to quit, to choose not to do what I'm doing. And it's a psychological thing because by giving yourself the option to choose to not continue down the path you're on gives me the freedom to actually choose it again. Because without the freedom to choose, I feel like I have to do it. And the minute I have to do it, mentally, I don't want to. <laughs> Nobody wants to have to do anything. Right. But once I actually say, you know what? All right, so I quit, great. All right, now I can do anything I want. What do you want to do? Well, I could do, no, no. And actually what I have is actually the best possible choice available to me now. Okay, great. So what is it that's not working? All right, well, let me dump that and let's start new and create it again. So, so 
giving yourself the permission to say no to what you're doing, I think is actually a powerful part. It gives you the ability to choose again. I don't know if you know this about marriage, but the whole idea of anniversaries every year is to re-choose your marriage. Hmm. I'm re-choosing you. Oh, wow. You're never stuck with the choice that you made about anything in life, ever. You're always free to choose. And that gives you the power to choose powerfully and then own the choice. All right, I choose this business. I choose this life. I choose all the problems I have. I choose this piddly, itty bitty amount of money or no money. I choose it all. And then the minute you're there, it's no, it no longer has you, you have it. And now you just take the next action. So I have so many pitfalls I'll see. Let's see the first, the, so the more recent ones inside of CPA moms, um, Oh gosh. Okay. So I, you know, I, all right. One of the biggest, most painful ones that kind of brought me to my knees didn't stop me, but it like, it hurt a lot was I, um, I had a very small group that I was working with and it was about 10 or so professionals that I was helping them build their practice. And I was really trying to perfect the formula at this time. And um, I had organized it structurally where the professionals were independent contractors. And having not gotten all the legal advice I probably needed to get around how I structured everything, I had left myself extremely vulnerable for these professionals to take all these book of business. Now my role as the then agency was to actually do the marketing for them. So I generated the leads and as a marketer yourself, you know that is yeah. not an easy process to help build somebody else's business for them. Right, right, right. It's and I easy. was getting 100% performance. I got no money up front for this. It was 100% performance-based pay. If they didn't bill, I didn't get paid. So I had to teach, I did all the marketing, I had to teach accountants how to sell, all this stuff. And so I built these practices and I had uh, non-compete and you know um, uh, other clauses in the contracts that I thought would protect me if somebody wanted to leave. Well, turns out the laws in California were such that those clauses were invalid and they could leave and one person left, who I actually was gonna transition away from anyways, she left and took 30% of my book of business like that overnight. It was like overnight. And it was right at the beginning of um, uh, tax season that my, one of my core tax people was just gone. And, you know, in that moment, <laughs> I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, you got everything at stake, you know, you, you, there's no safety net generally. Um, and so I had to make up the difference. I still had to meet my costs. I still had to perform and I had, I was actually on a flight on my way to a Tony Robbins business mastery week long training when the, this was announced and I'm in the airport on the phone calling these clients when I realized that these clients can go with this person and I have no legal recourse whatsoever. And so I'm on the phone calling every single person I can dial as fast as I can in an airport lobby with all the announcements going off, trying to explain what happened to preserve as many clients as I could. Inside yeah. Were you able to preserve clients? Um, probably only about under 10% of them. Oh, wow. Um, so it was devastating loss and it was something I didn't know that I didn't know. I thought I was covered. I wasn't. And, um, and, what ended up happening was, you know, that meant 
there was one last person to take on the work and that meant more work to a group of professionals I was trying to take work off of. So it was just a very stressful time for everybody. We made it through. We had the highest performance um, wow. that quarter in like the previous few years because I just buckled down and really just work. But, you know, I've had moments where I've had to work 100-hour weeks and then some to just get through wow. the storm and survive whatever was happening. Well, I'm not sure how I'm paying my bills, but I made sure everyone else was paid first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's moments where I've been brought to my knees, literally, mm. literally, where I would start every month not knowing how I was going to pay my bills and then something would happen and I'd get the money and I just would get on my knees and, and just ask, is this what you want me to do? Mm -hmm. Because if it is, I'll keep doing it. You want me to sell my house? What what do what else do you want me to do here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so those moments happen where you really are humbled. You really are um you really have to choose how committed are you to making sure that this happens. And I had advisors tell me just get out of this, just stop, just quit. And I said mm -hmm. absolutely not. I'm absolutely, there is no way I'm going to do it. And I practically killed myself in the process, but I, I believe that, first of all, when you humble yourself enough and ask for guidance and what's the next step, that a path does reveal itself to you and it's always the right way and always works out. Um, but I also believe very, very truly that, um, that there's a lesson in everything and nothing happens to us. Everything happens for us. And that if we really look and listen, that there's a reason and, a, and it always leads us to where we ultimately want to go. So it's always for a greater purpose and always in service of, of our greater good. So I, um, I trust in that. And as, as I've grown and matured as an entrepreneur now for 20 years, I'm not, I'm not as impacted as as I was when things don't quite go to plan. It's um, just how you respond to everything absolutely. that matters most. Yeah. It's not as it's not a surprise either. When it happens, I'm not devastated. It's like, oh, how could how could this have happened? It's like, okay, yeah. I expected that. Yeah. So it's I, I I literally I could spend the next 20 hours talking about all the things that have gone wrong and how you deal with it. But at the end of the day, if we remember that as entrepreneurs Failure is part of the process and it is, it is, it is by design. And if we can expect it and understand that it is part of the design, then we can endure um, those valleys and, and grow and expand in the process. And we don't have to be taken out of the game simply because there was um, a circumstance that was difficult. It's an opportunity to grow. So you, have you ever thought about, so you, this, in terms of your business, it hurt your business, but did you feel betrayed by this person? Did you feel oh, 100%. like, yeah, but did you grow like a strong relationship with this person? Like, so I've done a ton of personal development. So I've done more personal development than most humans so much that I feel like I should be levitating by now. Um, so I've done that mostly because, well, one, I just thought I was crazy in my earlier years. I just had, I felt like I needed therapy and then that turned into coaching and went to training and transformational and whatever. And, and really I just realized, Oh, I'm just human. Yeah. <laughs> but all humans think like, um, but really I did a lot of work on myself internally and in my mindset. And, um, and I have a lot of tools in my toolbox. So I'm not, 
I have a lot more control and say over how my respond. I'm never, almost never at the effect of a circumstance. And if I am, it's very momentary. And then I'm able to create something new and empowering around that. I have enormous structures around me. I do not rely on me and my brain. I have a mentor. I have two masterminds. I have a coach. I have a strong community around me because if we're left to our own device, you know, the ideas that we have in our own head always sound good <laughs> to ourselves. <laughs> but I have these like bumpers so I don't go off the rails, um, That's which true. is extremely easy to do as an entrepreneur. So I don't, I, I, I invest in my own mindset, which is 80% of the game, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And then I keep structures around me to keep my head straight first, my heart straight. And, um, and once those things are pure and I've got my priorities straight, then the rest are, are details and they all work themselves. Have, have you ever, uh, looked at a, a website called Upwork? Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Have you ever thought about developing something like that and scaling this? Like, <laughs> and then we just with CPA mom, just with. So yeah. yes, it's in the plan. So oh, I actually, awesome. while I was yeah. building CPA moms, I created a custom technology, um, that, was wasn't supposed to be a custom technology, but ultimately it was to design a platform. Uh, and the the plat it actually has a name. It's called Picky, which I've trademarked P I C K E E. And so that platform right now, what I'm spending my time doing is building the talent and the systems for the talent to manage their own businesses more efficiently, so they can build their business and you know leverage this technology to grow their business. But then when it's the right time, which will be sometime in the next five years, we'll layer on the front end, which is the Upwork side, the dual-sided marketplace, so that mm. anyone will be able to be matched with anyone inside of our method, yeah. which is, so our method of matching is a proprietary one-to-one -one match, whereas Upwork is anyone matched to anyone. Yeah. So we're all about screening and vetting and making and selecting because, you know, when you're hiring a highly skilled professional, not all accountants are alike. We actually, I'm just sick of entrepreneurs getting people who don't know what the hell they're doing. It, it bothers me. Yeah. Um, this day and age, it doesn't have to happen. And so we curate all of our talent. We test them and those who want to invest in their own training, we do. But when people, when entrepreneurs go to our platform to look for a CPA, um, they can trust that that person has been vetted and they're actually technically proficient. So um, from that perspective, it's not anyone matched to anyone. Um, it's a, you know a, a, a more curated match. And then the other piece of it is um, is the fact that as a professional, I would never put myself on Upwork because mm -hmm. you know yeah. nothing to. I'm not actually going to say any brand names, but there are very popular brand names that do taxes and they charge you like some really ridiculous low amount and then they charge you for each return. That model is not CPA moms. We're not the cheapest solution on the block. We're not trying to be the cheapest solution on the block. We are the highest value. So you're getting someone with technical skills that you would pay two, 300, $500 an hour. If you went to that person's firm that they work for when they were in a career, you know, they build me out at probably for what I do right now, I'd be billed out at over a thousand dollars an hour. Mm. If you went to a price waterhouse or whatever, you yeah. pay, well over that. But if you hired me outside of that or any other CPA in our platform, you're getting them for a fraction of that. But the talent is still there. 
So how do you, you, so what are you getting? So you're getting more value. So you're getting yeah. someone with a lot more expertise who's been curated. And that's, that's a value to this person. So I wouldn't put myself on Upwork because that's, that's a price war. It's the lowest bidder. It's the yeah. cheap solution. And it's like, ew. And it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. a much better offer to the to talent to say, no, we're trained to hold our value. We have to deliver on that value, but we're trained to hold our value which means that you're getting a better client that understands that and the, and you know and you're not having to sit there in a price bidding war and try to cheapen yourself down to a commodity when you can actually add real value to their clients. So um, have when, you ever have you ever thought about have you have you been open to investors investing in the company? We are going to be starting that this year. So yes, um, I have I, I have not sought outside investment before because um, when I'm proving out a model, I if I take outside investment, I want to have some level of certainty that I can generate a return. And I know that's not how everyone does it, but that's how I do it because I like to sleep at night and my relationships are gold are worth more to me than any amount of money you can pay me. I love it. And so, um, if 100%. I'm going, that's how you build a real business. That's a, not enough people are talking about that. You know, absolutely. You build a yeah. real business by having strong relationships. Most businesses fail because relationships fail. Absolutely. And yeah. the people in my network trust me and they know I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. So when I ask for money, it's, it's an easier, easier thing because I don't do it often. And when I do, I perform. And I only do that when I have some level of certainty on my own that I'm going to perform. No, there's no guarantees in life, but I have to have confidence in because I've proven it to myself a few times and I use my own money to figure that out. And I believe that a lot of entrepreneurs go to outside investment a little too early. Um, I tend to do it a little too late, to be honest with you, but um, too early is also you lose, you rob yourself of the opportunity to understand what the market really wants and what your true, your business is re really, truly how you really want to serve. So yeah, so we are actually going to be running. Um, so I've done this twice before on a very small scale. Um, I've done a kind of, it's kind of like a crowd fund type scenario. Um, it's a, it's a revenue based loan. So what we do is we, um, we uh, for a certain amount of money, we allow, and, and we're actually gonna go internally in our community to CPAs that maybe already have established practices and businesses, and we're going to give them the opportunity to, in essence, kind of sponsor a new mom that wants to like get going, and you know, and in exchange for that, she's getting a revenue stream and a royalty based on the billings of, of the entire franchise, and so, it, the returns in a revenue-based model, uh, lending model, are way higher than anything you get in the market, um, but it also keeps me out of any kind of uh, fixed cost that you would get in a traditional loan um, situation. So that's one um, financing model that we're, we're um, going to deploy. And the other one is actual uh, equity investment for our technology picky, uh, which will be later in the year. Um, the wow. first thing is getting the franchise going. So yes, when this is, will be the first big year of investors. When, when is the later in the year, by the way? Middle, middle of the year. I'll start working on that when we've got the franchise kind of going. Okay. Um, you know, and, and I can, you know, turn my attention to the other piece. Okay. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Well, you've done some great things. Uh, you definitely seem very passionate, very smart, intelligent person. Thank you. Um, it doesn't it doesn't look like you you've been in business for twenty years. Definitely doesn't look like it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I started when I was five. Did I not tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, so, okay. So if somebody, if someone's listening to this, uh, we have a lot of investors listening to this podcast, oh, great. um, you know, speak to that investor. Who, who do you want to speak to the most? Do you want to speak to people that want to start their own franchise or do you want to speak more to people that want to potentially invest? Cause you can speak to those, per- those, those people and then tell them how they can contact you. Well, the franchise opportunity is really narrow to an active licensed CPA. And so I don't think that's your broader audience. So I, I would say not, unless you know somebody who may be interested, then they can go to cpa-moms.com okay. to learn more. But um, speaking to the investors in the audience, I would say, you know, who are we looking for? We're looking for someone who really... Um, you know, there's always the financial aspect. So there's got to be smart money, right? So they understand the, um, the fact that we, we measure everything. Like I'm kind of crazy about how much I measure. <laughs> and so we can show um, historically our performance on, you know, our conversions on marketing and sales and everything else. And so we use that as a basis to conservatively develop the revenue model to show that we're generating really great returns. So if somebody is looking for a revenue based or a, a, a lending investment model and wants to invest um, or loan inside of that model, uh, you know, I think our minimum was set at 10,000 um, and get a decent, you know, uh, return service well not only return but we're not this isn't a debt that we pay back a balloon in yeah 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 yeah. it's a recurring um revenue stream with a high return and really that's that's one piece so that's important to anyone who's going to put their money anywhere i'm always going to be looking for what's the roi but the bigger piece is and that and this is a business that is designed for true social impact the amount of professional working women, moms that are out there that have had to choose the career or their family, they've had to give up careers, give up partnerships and other things like that in order to raise a family, which I think no human on the planet should have to make that kind of choice. Right, right. And I, you know, to be able to put your money, get a good investment, a good, get a good return, but also have that money have a real impact. I think that's what's interesting and juicy about our opportunity is that we're giving somebody the ability to actually forward and and have a real tangible impact on someone's life. I don't have it in front of me right now, but um, we did this, um, we, we sent these cards out to all of our entrepreneurial clients one year and, and we had the children of these CPA moms write, uh, the older ones wrote a letter and the younger ones painted, drew, drew pictures. And so we use that in our cards and the, the letter that I, I wish I had it in front of me, I'd read it word for word and I promise you, you'd cry, but it was something like, you know, thank you for, you know, you know, like an eight year old, right? So my mom's home helps me with my homework and it's, it takes me to my classes and she's here for me and I'm really close with her and thank you for letting my mom work from home and I mean, come on, (laughs) right? So, you know, we can invest anywhere and get a return, but can you invest and make a difference at the same time? Can you actually impact the family? Our big thing is we're all about reconnecting families. So if that matters to you and that's important to you, then let's have a conversation. And, um, you know, how do you reach me? 
think the easiest way is go to cpa-moms.com um, and go to contact us or I don't know if you're going to put out a link or anything or how it works, but that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Sure. Awesome. Thank you, uh, Mayumi. Thank you so much. Yeah. I look forward to conversing with you again.